Thank you for listening to the Coal Mind Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it's October 11, 2020. Texas election laws allow a registered voter, age 65 or older, to request a ballot for early voting by mail. That law was challenged in a Texas case, Texas Democratic Party versus Abbott, as violating the 26th Amendment, which prohibits the denial or abridgment of the right to vote based on age. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit recently sided with Texas in a 2-1 decision and found that the law was constitutional. Today, I examine the reasoning of that case and, based on that discussion, consider more broadly what constitutes a denial or an abridgment on the right to vote under the law today, an issue that's in the news daily as the hotly contested election of 2020 draws closer. Texas Election Code, Section 82.003, is titled AGE, all capital letters, and says, a qualified voter is eligible for early voting by mail if the voter is 65 years of age or older on election day. The 26th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which took effect in 1971, says in a relevant part, the right of citizens of the United States who are 18 years of age or older to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of age. The issue in Texas Democratic Party versus Abbott, decided by the Fifth Circuit on September 10th of this year, was whether that Texas law, allowing older voters to vote by mail, violated the 26th Amendment and its prohibition of abridgment of the right to vote on account of age. Quick procedural note, recall from earlier episodes of this podcast how the Fifth Circuit works. It's the court that handles federal court appeals in Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Below it are the trial courts in the federal system in that area. Above it is the United States Supreme Court. Fifth Circuit conducts almost all of its business in three-judge panels, and it did so here. The panel for this case, which divided two to one, was Judge Leslie Southwick of Mississippi, writing for the majority, joined by Senior Judge Carolyn King of Texas, and the dissent was by former Chief Judge Carl Stewart, who is from Louisiana. The majority began its analysis of whether this law was a denial or abridgment within the meaning of the amendment by first identifying the meaning of right to vote, that phrase, at the relevant point in time. For guidance, it looked at the Supreme Court's 2008 opinion in District of Columbia versus Heller, which involved a Second Amendment challenge to a gun control law in the District of Columbia. That opinion focused on the meaning of the phrase, quote, keep and bear arms from the Second Amendment at the time that amendment was ratified in the late 18th century. Accordingly, reasoned the court in this case today, it would begin with, in general, with the understanding of what right to vote meant in 1971 when the 26th Amendment was enacted and said, this will establish our baseline. The court looked at several sources of information, three in particular stand out. First, it looked at a 1979 Supreme Court case, so right generally around the time of the amendment, McDonald versus Board of Election Commissioners of Chicago. It held that denying mail-in ballots to incarcerated persons did not deny their right to vote. The reasoning of that case, it was, quote, not the right to vote that was at stake there, but a claimed right to receive absentee ballots. Additionally, looking around the country more generally, there were only four states that had any kind of absentee ballot for older voters at the time. There was substantial variation in general among states about how absentee ballots were treated. And of course, the entire subject of the amendment did not have anything to do with mail-in ballots or alternative ways of voting. It was about the entirety of the right to vote at all. Uh, an offshoot of the Vietnam War, it was enacted because of the disparity between the general voting age at the time of 21 
and the draft age of 18. There was a strong national feeling that that was unfair. And in fact, the amendment went from proposed idea to part of the Constitution in less than a year, which is the fastest approval of any amendment in the history of our Constitution. So in some, looking at that and some other information that they gathered, they concluded the right to vote in 1971 did not include a right to vote by mail. In-person voting was the rule, absentee voting the exception. That background, the court then turned to the other key words of the amendment, denial and abridgment. It quickly dispensed with denial. Neither side of the case argued that was in play. And just for reference, it noted Supreme Court precedent that says that means absolutely prohibited. Recall that's what the amendment was dealing with in the first place. And it noted that that was just not an issue presented by this Texas statute. Then we move to abridge. Having identified the baseline from its earlier analysis of the cases, it went on to review case authority about what constitutes an abridgment when compared to the relevant baseline. And here the court said, We hold that an election law abridges a person's right to vote for the purposes of the 26th Amendment only if it makes voting more difficult for that person than it was before the law was enacted or enforced. Abridgment of the right to vote applies to laws that place a barrier or prerequisite to voting or otherwise make it more difficult to vote relative to the baseline. With that having been established, the court then concluded, we fail to see that when Texas granted a privilege to older voters, it was reducing or handicapping the rights of younger voters. It failed to enhance rights for younger voters, but that is not the equivalent of abridging. In some concluding remark, the court observed that the real issue here is equal protection, and that is not before us, suggesting that perhaps a different constitutional amendment is the way to explore potential unequal and potentially unfair treatment of older and younger voters. But that was only a suggestion towards the end on this issue presented. The holding was clear. The baseline was 1971. The relevant question is whether the right as it existed in 1971 was reduced further from that point as a result of the challenge law. It was not, therefore, the law stands. But the decision was two to one. What about Judge Stewart's dissent? His dissent began by agreeing with a starting place, the dictionary definition of abridge, referenced and further developed by the majority, as meaning to reduce or diminished. But from there, the dissent differed as to the relevant starting point, the baseline. It looked to a 2000 case from the Supreme Court, Reno versus Bossier Parish School, which dealt with the 15th Amendment, the amendment after the Civil War about the right to vote and race. And that case observed, if the status quo results in an abridgment of the right to vote or abridges the right to vote relative to what the right to vote ought to be, the status quo itself must be changed. So here we have the Supreme Court in another line of authority applying a different but closely related amendment using a different starting place than the one identified by the majority in its review of the cases. From there, Judge Stewart went on to differ not only as to the starting point, but also as to what would constitute a potential violation, what kind of action could constitute an abridgment. His review of the case law, he concluded, persuades me to read denial or abridge in the 26th Amendment as generally prohibiting states from depriving individuals of the equal opportunity to vote based on a protected status. The panel majority does not cite any case that compels an understanding of abridge in the context of a voting rights amendment that requires a plaintiff's position to be worsened. So in sum, from this case, we know the holding. Texas's treatment of mail-in ballots for older voters does not violate the 26th Amendment. But we can also see that the word abridge does not mean very much by itself. To apply that word to any particular statute requires careful definition of the starting point, 
an issue as to which in this case reasonable minds differed, and from there it requires a careful comparison of whatever law is under challenge to that starting point. And here again, reasonable minds differed. One side requiring that it affirmatively worsen you relative to the starting point, the other that you simply be treated unequally. This is likely not the last such analysis that we'll see of this term and these concepts in this hard-fought election cycle, and it is certainly not the last time that a court is going to be working hard to determine both the starting point and the necessary comparison in this type of election dispute. Today on Coal Mine, we looked at the Texas election law that lets a registered voter, age 65 or older, request a ballot for voting by mail. The United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit rejected that challenge, finding that the law was not an unconstitutional restriction on the right to vote based on age. While much of its opinion involves issues unique to the 26th Amendment, its analysis of just what constitutes a denial or an abridgment of the right to vote is informative in many other election law settings. You have to determine a starting point, and you have to determine what action from that starting point amounts to an abridgment. In this case, reasonable minds differed between the majority and the dissent, and they likely can in other issues that will come before other courts as this election goes forward. As the 2020 election approaches, I'll be reviewing this and many other topics about the election process. You can follow this podcast on any of the main directories, and if you like it, I encourage you to leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. I again would like to thank my college classmate, Susan Levine, for the wonderful background music on this podcast. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.